to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I think most of us really love to hear about the stories of of Jesus doing miracles, raising people from the dead, giving them their their vision back or their their hearing, um, all kinds of miracles. Probably the spookiest of them, though, are the ones dealing with demonic exorcism, getting rid of demons in people. They're the spookiest ones, but they're the ones that we have the most trouble with because we live in an enlightened age where we've learned so much about human beings. Most of the time we think if someone has demons, well... They really aren't talking about evil spirits or emissaries of Satan who have set up housekeeping in our minds and bodies. We're really talking about the things that annoy or plague us, giving us headaches or disturbed sleep. The demons that plague us, you know, like income tax or needing a new valve job on the car or having higher property tax rates, or dealing with illness, or uh, an annoying spouse, or which I'm not talking about Mark and Mikey, not at all. That, that's, those aren't the demons that are plaguing them. We have our demons, but we don't really think in terms of demons anymore. Hollywood's the great storyteller. I remember some years ago when I was in the Army and moonlighting as a theater projectionist and The big movie that came out at that time was called The Exorcist. Some of you have seen that. Have any of you seen that movie? It's kind of dated now, but three people in the congregation, four, have seen The Exorcist. It's been on TV about 40 times. About a young girl who was taken over by the devil, or demons anyway. She was out of control. In fact, she was so out of control, there was not much left of her at all just that evil voice. She would change colors and she would, as my mother would say, upchuck on the people. It was scary. And they called in a priest. And that priest, of course, did the rite of exorcism that I think is still on the books for the Roman Catholic Church. And a lot of other stuff happened. And On the chance that you might see it, I won't give it away. But I remember I was off duty on the day that it was playing, and I was standing in the back of the theater with a friend, a good friend of mine who also worked there. We were leaning on the the back row of seats, just standing there. Probably came for her paychecks or something. And um, as we were standing there, 
This person in O.D. Green's came, Father Taddy, the Catholic chaplain from the post. He had begged his way into the theater for free because he said, it's my duty to see these sorts of things so I know what to talk about when someone comes to me if they're having problems because they watched the movie. And as the story unfolded, it wasn't very long. We, we heard him say, oh, my. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh. And it was too much for Father Taddy, and Father Taddy finally just left. He couldn't take it anymore, this possession. And there was a priest that was killed and all kinds of horrid stuff. But, but in the end, the movie concluded. And we all knew it was just a movie. We knew the names of the actors. We'd seen that on the screen as it was coming down at the end. And we knew that the actors, when it was being filmed, the director said, cut, that's a wrap. And the lights came on on the stage and everyone went to their dressing rooms and dressed as they normally would on the street and went home and got their paychecks. It wasn't real. It was good Hollywood stuff, but it wasn't real. We knew that. There are stories of exorcisms, but we think in the way good, rational, college-educated people do, we think that the evil in the world is the consummation of human failings. If there's brutality, if there's ugliness, it's because people by nature have the capacity to be mean-spirited and hateful. We don't think of demonic possession. We think of mental illness or other things that might be birth defects or might be the, cause, uh, the consequence of traumatic events in their lives. It used to be that people who were mentally or emotionally disturbed were chained to a post in the center of the town. It hasn't happened in Lufkin for 50 years or more, maybe longer than that. Nah, but in the old days, that's what happened. And that way people could keep track of these disturbed folks, the ones that were possessed, and keep a safe distance from them and keep them from doing anything destructive. Sometimes, however, especially when these unfortunate folks were deemed to have demonic possession, they were burned at the stake or even drowned, like those high times in good old Salem, Massachusetts. <coughs> Today, modern psychiatry, with a, a nod of thanks to Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and others, Psychiatry and psychology have defined such, so, such social aberrations as originating in the chromosomes, the genes we inherited, or perhaps chemical imbalances, traumatic events, or drug abuse. Sometimes this is clearly the case, but at other times, who knows? The cure, if there is one to be found, is often professional therapy or pharmaceutical treatment. 
And I suppose that in our advanced world today, we really don't need a miracle worker anymore. It's nice to hear about Jesus, but there must be other explanations for what he did. It would be easier to relate to, certainly, if we think in terms of the 21st century world. But when we do that, maybe we're only deluding ourselves. Sometimes changes are needed. Society has changed a great deal in the last 2,000 plus years. In a lot of ways, it was a more brutal world in in the world of Jesus in his time back in that first century A.D. Yeah, we've come a long way. I remember the cigarette commercial that was geared toward women. Remember that? Was it Virginia Slims? You've come a long way, baby. Now you can smoke. That was the implication of it. We've come a long way. Now we can say, (coughs) if you get the right prescription from your doctor, if you go to the right place, maybe the Betty Ford Clinic, your demons can be exercised. Not the kind of demons that Jesus dealt with. We've kind of rationalized that away, haven't we? And then we look at the world. It's been over 2,000 years. And yet today, many of the best minds in the world, even in our own country, are dedicated to developing better weapons to deal with our adversaries. And, of course, our adversaries are doing exactly the same thing to the best of their ability. Demons. Maybe demons have grown up, too. Maybe they're much more sophisticated, but just as real. I don't think of Satan as being a fellow in red tights with a a tail and horns sticking out his head, holding a pitchfork. Most of us don't envision or personify Satan in that way. Maybe he's much more subtle. Maybe Satan's learned over the years that if he's going to deal with people, especially people who know about Jesus or have the ability to know about Jesus, then he's got to work in, in sneakier ways. We live in a time when not one day passes that we don't hear of cruelties around the world. Of course, most of us focus on the Middle East and we think that's halfway around the globe. It's so far from here we don't need to concern ourselves too much. If it gets closer, we'll deal with it when that time comes. But for us, the demons or the IRS perhaps or, or terrorist threats They're not satanic. And yet something happened back then. Personally, I believe human nature will never provide the kind of peace and goodness that we crave. And I believe that Jesus can. I believe he can. Another point to be made here, I think, is that the man who was possessed did not address Jesus himself. Did you catch that? It wasn't him, at first anyway, 
who spoke to Jesus and declared who Jesus was. It was that spooky voice of something within him, something that knew exactly who Jesus was, even at a time when his own disciples weren't clear about it. They knew Jesus was pretty special, kind of like Aristotle's disciples, perhaps, or Plato's, you know. He's a wise man, a mentor, a genius. Was he divine? Was he the son of God? Well, maybe not quite that. Was he the Messiah? Well, the Messiah maybe. The Messiah was never thought of as divine, just a divine messenger. But but the voice that came out of that possessed man declared him to be the Son of God. Yeah. And then there was the problem with the pigs. Now, I have never once heard of even a top-flight psychiatrist transferring the the ills of a human being into livestock. Have you? Have you ever heard of that sort of thing where a person who is out of control, acting really weird, kind of a John Belushi sort of character, out of control, would somehow, in just an instant would be cured at the same time as a whole herd of pigs would suddenly lose all control and jump into the lake and drown. You know, that goes beyond rationale. This is something that really happened. Yeah, something distinctly out of the ordinary took place that day. And it pointed to who Jesus was. Someone who has control. Someone who can change the course of destiny. And then that man himself, emptied of those evil spirits, became quite normal. Now, I would expect that the witnesses would have been pretty excited and depressed, impressed by it all and thought, wow, I want Jesus to do neat things for me too. But you know what they saw? They didn't see the healed man. They saw those pigs. And they thought, holy moly, if Jesus comes at me, what's going to happen? I mean, I don't want to drown, and I don't want to mess with my livestock. And we're told that they were pretty frightened. Certainly anyone that could do what Jesus had just done was not someone to trifle with. And so they begged him to go away. Who might he look at next? What might he decide to do in the next moment? It might be something good, but it might be something really threatening. And let's be on the safe side. And if he's going to perform another miracle, there's a village on the other side of the lake over there, and we hear that they've had some problems too. And wouldn't you like to go and help them, Jesus? You know, about the only person that seemed to have been thrilled about the whole thing was the man who had been cleaned, emptied out of those demons. And ultimately, the story ends with him going to his home city and telling everyone how much Jesus had done for him. He wanted to go with Jesus, but since Jesus said no, no. And and I'm not sure if you noticed it either. He said to the man, go and tell them what God has done for you. 
And then it concludes by saying that the man went and told everyone what Jesus had done for him. And then it brings us back to those demons who knew exactly who Jesus was, the true Son of God. And I tell you, if he can do those sorts of things then, he probably could do the same thing right now, or at least help us with whatever kinds of demons are plaguing us and remind us that when we belong to him, it's for the long run, a very long run. And there will be a time in that long run when there will be no more illness, more, no more hatred, prejudice, no more cruelty. There will be goodness, nothing but. And you will be there. And so will Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.